Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is The Adam Carolla Show. Adam's guest today, Leah Remini, with Gina Grad on news and Paul Bryan on sound effects. And now, congratulating Jules Dash on his or her multiple Oscar nominations, Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on mandate. Get it on. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for telling a friend. We rely upon you. Good day, Gina Grant. Good day to you. And Bald Brian. Would you like me to make banana cry? Oh, man. Gina, feeling a little uh, under the weather? (laughs) Yes. Thanks for for checking in. I'm okay. Just caught a little something-something from somebody. Everybody seems to be having the plague. Mm. uh, Thanks, Obama. Yep. (laughs) I walked out and it was... uh, I walked out this morning to do my uh, pool dip. Good Lord. Walk- Did it warm you up getting in that water? Walked onto the deck, which sort of had a solid deck, so it sort of puddled a little mm-hmm. in a few places and heard cracking sounds <gasps> because there was a sheet of ice. Mm-hmm. This was at uh, 9 a.m. The sun had been out for three hours, and uh, there was cracking going down mm-hmm. there. So it was uh, wow. first time out here in SoCal, or first time in a long time, see the uh, puddles yeah. with the ice on it. You did the Polar Bear Club this morning. I uh, it was cold, but not uh, not <laughs> that cold. But uh, it was cold outside, man. Uh, we, had a, we had a person helping us last night, uh, helping to train Tessa to uh, sleep training, and she was over, and apropos of that, she was like, what do you call it when it uh, rains ice? I'm like, that's hail. It was hailing. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was hailing on Gross. it. Yeah, when it rains ice. It's funny. (laughs) Nobody in the house is amused, but Philly cheesesteak is confused. He comes out. He stands. He walks along the perimeter wall that's inside the pool where the jacuzzi is that's now underwater by about two inches. Mm -hmm. And he just sort of walks along it. And then he stands in about a foot of Baja shelf water and sort of looks at me. He's not getting in, but he's definitely intrigued as to what crazy owner guy is doing in this pool and it's weird because he has this sort of impulse of like come check it out but not to freeze but to still sort of join in to some some degree anthropologist like what goes on here well that's good it's always the other way around like what the hell is that dog doing let them wonder for once yeah let him be confused Leah Remini's coming in. Uh, I was watching the Scientology and the Aftermath show. Very interesting so stuff. It's all so, so good and it's so bad yes. at the same time. Like, we're trying to escape the compound. They came looking for us. They ran us off the road. It's like, what? What year is this? Yeah. What's going on? Some sort of gangster story? Also, yes, it's, yeah. this thing. it's also, and then it's like, I escaped. My wife was trapped. I had to go, go back and mm-hmm. get her. Yeah. And it's like, or couldn't you call the cops and just go, hey, we want to go get this person mm-hmm. over here and you're keeping her? Like, it's so weird because this is modern day stuff mm-hmm. and you keep thinking it's like one of these old movies where the bikers come in and cut the phone lines <laughs> yeah. and now they can't communicate with the sheriff yep. and they take over the town yeah, and all this stuff. But <laughs> this is, you know, circa 2003. Like, yeah. why or 2000? Nine. It's about like 120 why, years out of date. Why is there no just going over and getting the cops and going, I want to go get my mm. wife over here? Yeah. I, it's, it's so it's, – it's amazing. It's actually amazing 
how with all the laws and all the protocol and all the everything we have in place, there's still just that person who can stand and block the door and go, you're not going anywhere. Mm. And somehow most people go back in and sit Fall down. In line. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a wiring. It's, it's obviously an old wiring. And obviously there's a – there's it tracks a, that kind of person. Well, yeah. And I, then we, there's a – yeah. I mean, Lee has been in it since nine, yeah. so it's all you know. Yeah. It's indoctrinated. You're indoct- it's, it, in a weird way, it's like the um, the guy who ends up being the you know all county football player, and he's six six, and he's three hundred pounds. He's still scared of his scrawny stepdad yeah. because <laughs> his stepdad been laying a whooping on him since he was seven years right. old. He doesn't. Do the math where he's got 120 pounds of muscle yeah. on the guy, the alcohol, the skinny, anemic, alcoholic guy. It's still stepdad, and he's still scared yep. when the guy comes into the room. Yeah. All right. Well uh, we're taking uh, Facebook questions. Thank you. Well, so yeah. for uh, when Leah <laughs> shows up, Jim knows. We can, uh, you can ask her questions. Um, speaking of my dad, my dad never did this, but my mom did it, and I reminded me. And it's just one of these things. I don't think people do this anymore, but I cannot tell if certain certain things are vestige of my childhood or they're something that you only go through from a, a window in your life, like okay. age 7 to 11 or something. And then every kid goes through it. Like every kid knows the uh, – Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Robin laid an egg. egg. I don't know why my kids know it. Batman doesn't seem like a big part of their life. And and all wheels even have wheels. That's tread. Right. But I don't even, I don't even know. But either way, that seems to be a part. Passed down. That's passed down. That's all the time. But one of the things that was popular when I was young, unfortunately, is, and I realize it happens with kids quite a bit. Because it happened with my kids last night. We took a walk, and um, my son said, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. And then it reminded me of my mom saying, it must not have been very important. <laughs> Which is sort of like, screw you, bitch. Like, why? I'm already feeling bad because I'm, I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to get this memory back. Because right. you know that feeling of, oh, man, I had something good. Now I lost yep. it. Yep. But you're telling me it was worthless? Yeah. And I try. Sort of. Because I thought of it, it was worthless. But it's a it's a weird thing. Because I don't. First off, I don't know what it means. Like I I know it's not. My crotch is on fire. <laughs> I've got to whiz and put it out. Mm-hmm. I forgot about it. But there are certain thoughts and certain things and certain things you want to do or certain ideas you have or something mm-hmm. where you do forget. Like you go, damn it, I forgot. I I forget jokes and right. ideas and titles and things like that all my t- all the time. Why do you have to have that person next to you who explains to you it must not have been very important? Just lest you think you had a good thought. It's a weird role for mama to play. Like, you can help recover this thought by going, well, you remember where you were? Where were you when you thought about this? Or what were you talking about? Instead, you just convinced... Uh, the, the person's a dullard and doesn't have any interesting <laughs> thoughts, and thus, who cares if it went down the gutter? Yeah, that sucks. And and I don't know that that's every parent, because my dad to this day, <laughs> if I say that, oh, I forgot. Okay, we were talking about uh, La La Land, and then you said something about Emma Stone, and he will do uh, his so best. So there's a healthy middle between you two, right? Where we have an idealized person. <laughs> Steve tries. He really does. That's very sweet. <laughs> I, I love your dad, and now I hate my mom. Why? I, it, it's always funny, too, when... I get the, like, calorie burner 
part of life where you just don't want to burn calories mm-hmm. on your kids. And you'll mm-hmm. get to that point where it's like you're going to find out that your kid has three basketball games on right. a Sunday and you've got to make that decision. Yeah. Do you want to watch the playoffs mm-hmm. or do you want to go? And then there's that thing where you go, I'll go to the early one, but I'm not going to the one in the middle of the afternoon. And it's then just you'll a get, waste of my time. You'll get this thing, too, where other parents schedule things right in the middle, like the playoffs were last Sunday, this is it. People say Super Bowl, biggest weekend of the year, but in a weird way, this is bigger because it's two games. It's mm-hmm. going on for eight hours. And it started at noon, and the big blockbuster kids party was at two in the afternoon, Ugh. which basically just screws both games. And why this Sunday? And someone will go, well, his birthday's like, do it on Saturday. He doesn't care. There are many or, days. or, oh boy. Here you go. Next Sunday, no games. Yeah. Zero games. That's Have birthday it all day. Weekend. No. Or do some sort of breakfast thing or do some yeah. sort of late afternoon thing or whatever thing. No. Two o'clock. Uh, and the, 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 the cause of much discussion and yeah. debate. You know, Sonny, you're supposed to go to this thing. I don't want to go. We got the games. Uh, you know, Archie and Cousin Sal are going to be at the thing. I want to. It's, it's like. Why? Why would you do this? Yeah, that's weird. All right. Anyway. Uh, he yes. doesn't want to go. I don't get oh, Stupid mom with her ugh, super bummer voice in the background all the time. It's Why Why do that? Yeah. yeah. Must have been. Must not have been very important. So do people still say that? And why? And then who are you? And then what good thoughts have you ever had? <laughs> Other than just bring me down a notch with this. This this axiom or whatever it is. Why is that the knee jerk? Are you somehow absolving yourself because you feel bad because you interrupted or what are you doing? My family was a full blown bummer and everything they had was super self deprecating, but not in a not in a positive, not in a fun way. And then super like if you ever said anything like, oh, you know, I'm rushing and this person's driving slow in front of me and I can't, it won't let me around. They'll go, I'm sure they had a reason. Uh, like that person that's always providing. Well, there's a, there's a gene where you just provide the alternative <sighs> for every idea that the other person pushes out. Well, which I don't is, know about that. Adam. <laughs> which is insane. But yes. Okay. Now look, there's a, there's a spirited one where sometimes if someone says to me, and I've told you this technique, and it's not too bad. When someone goes, this guy just starts screaming at me for no reason. Like, I'll go, well, what, if I talk to him, what would he say? Yeah. Like, he'd just go, would he go, I just start screaming at this person for no reason? Or would he probably, and they'll, they'll offer something up usually at that yeah. point and then double back and go, but still not enough for him to, which I'll agree with them, but I'm just curious yeah. where the no reason comes in. Nowadays, the, 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 uh, it's not, it must not have been that important. Hopefully, people who say that are, are, the, the less aware of us in society, like the people who still say, uh, uh, I can tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Uh, like it's one of those tropey sayings from yes. back in the day that Let, only. Let's not and say we did. Let's not yeah. say we did. Oh. That's what she said. Ooh. Who do you hate more, that person or the too much information? Too much. Oh, definitely TMI. I hate that. Yeah. Too much information. That sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. Get a room, you two. Yeah, I hate Christ. the too much information one because it's really you just getting into detail yeah. about something. Oh, TMI. Uh, yeah, and it's like. It's shaming. By the way, what's wrong with too much personal information about yeah. somebody else? It's yeah. really about your own personal information. But if they want to go ahead and share, like, hey, I had this carbunk on my ass and I lanced yeah. it, go ahead, share away. 
way. <laughs> the other version Not based is- on anything that's ever yeah. happened to me. I don't know what a carbuncle is. Yeah. All right. Mac's on uh, line one. Mac? Hi. Mac from Chico. Hey, my man. How you doing? What's going on, Mac? You're an aspiring hey, man, comic I'm- writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I was listening to your Forbes podcast earlier talking about how you, you came up. You're always athlete. I was always athlete. The total hell out of myself. I've had like 19 surgeries now and broken like 30 bones. And I don't know. And then I, I used to be straight on pain pills. I got off all pain pills. So I was going to be a doctor. Always got perfect grades. But all this shit. And then. You were going to be a doctor. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I actually taught anatomy as an undergraduate at University of Nevada, Reno. And then I Sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, it's a little yeah, too much information for me. Deal. Yeah, yeah, I was on all this pain deal painting, but I got off of it all, and then I'm like, hell, I don't want to do any of this professional bullshit with the doctors, the medical. Yeah, people. all right, I'm go ahead, Mark or Mac. What do you want? I'm trying to figure out how to get in with the industry. I mean, I've noticed you've actually liked some of my stuff on Instagram. It's real Mac Steve. Um, I don't know what it is. What? Give Give us an example of something I liked. Uh, let's see, I was talking about what I love in a woman, IUD. <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> I also like those yeah. Yeah, on that girls, one. I don't wish it on them, but, you know, I I don't really like condoms, so, uh. you know, no chance of ever getting them pregnant. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Got any other good jokes? <laughs> Especially off the oh, fresh off the march, <laughs> I feel like I need to rejuvenate. Yeah. I, I, I feel, I feel God, like I a little depleted in the misogyny yeah. department. <laughs> I, I had, yeah, I, had, I, I was woken up by a phone call the other day. Swear to God, it was the disability fund asking me for funds, and I'm a dual amputee. I'm like, are you donating? That really go. happened to me. I'm like, no. They're like, oh, well, we have plans for everybody. We can get it down to fifteen dollars a month. I'm like, yeah, I can use fifteen dollars a month. Are you a double amputee? Yeah, my, I'm on my AK on my left leg, above me, and then my my right foot's cut in half. Oh. I went hiking all over hell, too. I, you can make that work for I, you, Mac. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I, uh, yeah, I sold my other leg on eBay. I really hawked my leg on eBay and bought a car. You can call yourself barely a stand-up comedian. Oh, Brian. How'd you get to oh. that? <laughs> well, hey, you got to promote yourself somehow. I mean, too. Yeah. How'd this yeah, happen? Only, um, it's, uh, writing a book on it called How I Lost My Leg and Found My Soul. It's, it's good. There you go. It's good. You're on the right path. It's it got the makings like. of a good story. It's got to, yeah. you know, you got to hammer it out. Yeah, I'm like, I got about 40,000 words into it. Like I was raised, I was well. I say I was born LDS positive. <laughs> At eight years old, they like dunked me in water, and I struggled for wet air. And you know, come out, you're supposed to be stupid and Mormon. Yeah, but hold I, on a second. I, I might be can a I tell you like. No. I've met a lot of crazy people in my life. Yeah, because I used to work on my car in an alley, and I'm telling you guys, go to an alley in almost any part of the town, I'm any part you. of town, but don't go to. The, the scariest part of town, but don't go to, like, Beverly Hills has a lot of al- right. no. alleys in it, too. That's a walk don't go street. Go to just a regular working class alley, yeah. and then open the door, turn on the light, and putz around on your car, 
and just see the people that go by. You never like moth to a flame. You never really see the people who travel the alley. See, it's a certain breed of cat because they don't like to walk the sidewalk. There's too many street lights and too many cop cars and too many people that recognize yeah. them and exes and yeah. things like that. Yeah, debt they, collectors. They choose to use the alley. <laughs> and but it's not because they just rob the liquor store. That's a metaphor for how they live their life. They just yeah. kind of like it in the shadows a little better. And the guys that used to go down this alley and stop, this stuff was so specific and so, like, fantastic that you couldn't really go, well, he's lying. But on the other hand, the guy seems like a mess. Mm-hmm. Did this really happen? Is this true? Was he really pre-med? Like one guy was a quick-draw champion, mm-hmm. you know, with the <laughs> – <laughs> he used to perform in Western. Uh, Annie Oakley. Yeah, that was his, was his whole thing. And then he showed up one day with two casts on each forearm, casts on each forearm, and he fell off a horse Ooh, or something. Gambling deaths. And <laughs> I don't – I could never – the stuff was so specific, you know. And if you start asking what kind of gun he uses and how far away mm-hmm. the target is and stuff, they'd tell you. But yet he's walking. He's asking if he can borrow five bucks. Yeah. Like, I – is he doing this? Did he do it? Is this someone else's life? Uh, what is this guy's life? How do you get so interesting and so poor and so out of it? He's providing information so rapidly that, that uh, a, a uh, alley walker may not have at the ready. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like with the gun, with the details and stuff. All right. Let's talk to Mac real quick. Mac? Oh, yeah. I All can right. see that. Yeah. I, so- I, could, I could understand that 100% because uh, most Unless they see pictures, because I got pictures on, like I said, my Instagram. You'd like some of my comedy. Um, like, I hiked Angel's Landing in Zion National Park, and I popped my leg off on this one specific point. And I have a picture of it in my Instagram, where I'm playing leg guitar <laughs> over Angel's Landing in Zion National Park. And I, I literally, and I have another picture, I hiked the Canyonlands, where I won first prize in the Centennial Contest. On there. I hiked the See, super wow. specific. Could never yeah. make this up. We have no way to verify yeah. it. It's, it's, well, you could verify that. It's in my Instagram, and you could even go to the National Park Service. And All right. Why don't you... Adam has a bookmark, but, um, so he'll be there later today anyway. Yeah. Well, keep writing jokes, but I, I agree with Brian. You have that angle, which is perfect, the sort of disability it's angle. It's an interesting germ, just yeah. to make it, make it work. Yeah, and it's more interesting, I think, than the chick that gets up there and just talks about dating mm-hmm. for 20 minutes or the fat person just talks about not dating for 20 <laughs> minutes or whatever it is I, this is this is better you're missing you're missing something yeah all right let's talk to uh reese real quick like reese 26 yeah, Louisiana. Going? what's going on uh well i just finished law school and just passed the bar for the first time i took it once passed it nice. and all my jobs that I thought I had kind of fell apart for one reason or another for political reasons or just weren't there by the time I got ready for it. So I'm kind of at the point where I need to start making some hay while the sun's shining. And I have an opportunity to go out and start a firm on my own. And it just, it scares me. It's a big gamble. I'm investing in myself. Uh, my dad's a retired judge and he thinks I'm making a blunder. So well, as a former DA, I can yeah. tell you that is a pretty big mistake. But go ahead. <laughs> well, it's just, I wonder if because it scares me, that's what I should do. Because it, because it's uncomfortable, because it's not something I, I can just 
be at these with. I, uh, so what are we talking about specifically? Starting my own law firm, kind of investing in myself. Right. Without money, not never going to work for another law firm, like right out of the gate. It's a tall order. Reese, Reese and Reese. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> Inc. It's, I, I, I don't know enough about it. I'm sure Garrigus would say work for somebody else for a little while and figure out what you like or what aspect or whatever. But it sounds a little – I mean, as a guy who who was a carpenter for a long time, I ended up working for myself. Mm-hmm. But at first I worked for other guys for a while. Yeah, and the then I learned what I liked and what I didn't like and kind of how stuff worked. And then I – Broke off on my own. Actually, Garrigus is going to be on uh, tomorrow if you want to uh, ask him specifically and yourself. I like this notion. I just not, I don't know enough about the law to know. But I do know – yes, Brian? Well, practically, what are your built-in responsibilities? You have a mortgage. You have kids. You have a spouse. What, what, do, you, what do you have? No. None of that? Luckily, I, that, that's why I have, none of, I have none of that. I'm still you – know, I moved back in with my dad after I finished law school. I moved home. And I should add – you know, this. I'm from a small community. My dad's a third generation judge, so there's some name recognition value. I'm already picking up, you know, jobs. I'm just kind of working out of the house right now, and that's not even having an established office and business cards and a phone number and a secretary yeah. and all the things that may draw attention. Hey, and, let me ask this though. <laughs> um, I wasn't that good at that much that early. Like, it took me a while to be a good carpenter and to sort of claim to be even a carpenter. Mm -hmm. I was a laborer. You know, Mm -hmm. I knew how to clean up trash and dig ditches. So is there a part of you that liked to get a little better lawyering, you know, yeah, (laughs) for five years Um, and then hit it when you're 31 (laughs) or something? Uh, obviously that's, that would be ideal. But again, uh, that's the, those were the routes I tried to go down first. Uh, I was supposed to be, as you know, you like to claim to be an, a former prosecutor. I was supposed to be a prosecutor right now, but uh, for political reasons, I lost that opportunity. And I tried to get into a big firm, or you know, big firms around here, and there was nothing. I just kept hitting dead ends. So I had this opportunity, and it's in the same building with another young lawyer that's doing it by himself. I think he's been practicing for eight years or so. So All right. Well, listen. Uh, look, give it a try. Then I'm not here to talk you out of it. I just, I just, <laughs> I, I, you know, your dad's a judge. Get some business cards made up. Give it a shot. I don't, I don't know. My, my, uh, I mean, my whole thing is learn how to work. That's an interesting thing that no one really mm-hmm. talks about. Everyone talks about profession, schooling, training. Uh, they don't really talk about learning how to work. You have to learn how to work. There's something to learning how to work. That's why when people go, oh, what am I supposed to do, get a job flipping burgers? Like You can learn how to work yeah. at a McDonald's flipping burgers. You can really learn how to work. You can learn some of the sort of jobs that you don't think you want your kids to do. Uh, you can learn how to work in those jobs yeah. very well. Uh, some of the most sort of menial, sort of manual uh, tasks, jobs I've had, you do learn how to work. Right. And, and on the flip side, if like an internship where you're basically doing the job you'd be doing but not making any money, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to work for free? Because you are learning how to work. You're absolutely learning how to work. And you're making establishing relationships as well. All right. Leah Remini's here. So I'm just going to blow through Vince and then we'll uh, take an early break. Vince. Adam. 
34, Los Angeles. Hey, um, question. Oh, hi, Bald. Hi, Jenna. Um, hi. Question was, uh, when you work out, do you ever listen to dance music? And I, I know you kind of hate music, hate uh, like all the EDM stuff like that. And I'm with you on that. But I'm just wondering, uh, I feel like when you're working out, it's like the one time you can listen to that music, one time you can kind of like let it flow through you. Well, I, I agree. Like, I can't stand it when you're trying to go out to dinner and that's being pumped into the restaurant. And it's always better if you're on some sort of soul cycle or something trying to kill yourself. It doesn't, you know, don't get me wrong. It's still bad and it's still annoying and I still don't want to support it in any way. But I'm sure if I was in some sort of group and we're all doing something and sweating to the newies, I don't know what that's that would good. call like. Thank you. Um, if we're, uh, you know, it's it's sort of acceptable because you're jumping up and down and going nuts. Yeah. Um, but in any other environment, uh, I don't find it enjoyable. But uh, yes, Adam? Vance. Hey, oh, one other quick question. Hmm. Um, you ever think about having uh, Sam Harris on the podcast? Uh, yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, right, who's thanks. Sam Harris? The uh, the uh, guy that was on Bill Maher, uh, I want to say two years ago, who uh, kind of agrees with you on Islam and uh, on you know him and Bill Maher are kind of the only liberals fighting you know for you know stuff similar to you in terms of Islam. Oh yeah, we've discussed it. <laughs> it's weird that I have radical thoughts on Islam. I just don't. Uh, I'm with Bill. And I like Bill for being sort of intellectually honest here and not just towing the party line because mm. he's, you know, ex- extremely progressive. Yeah. But in this particular case, uh, hey, folks are going to kill people over uh, cartoons, perhaps. We should focus we'll on that. in the sand. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's my thing. And when you do this thing, when everyone does this thing where you go, yeah, well, during the Crusades, like, um, can we do some sort of moratorium on it's got to be at least – Within the last 400 years, yeah. in terms of our society, like Seems we used fair. to cure things with leeches, we drown potential witches in mm-hmm. wells. Like uh, we didn't have airplanes, right. we didn't have Uber. Yeah, like like when That's they talk witchcraft. about when they talk about football records and say in the Super Bowl era, because otherwise yeah. you're going back to you know leather helmets and stuff. Yeah, it just was, and the, those guys got paid nine grand a year and had to work at used car lots. Like, I, I get it. There was a whole bunch of stuff. The whole world owned slaves at a, at a certain point. And uh, the average life expectancy was 34, and people got married at 14, and women were pregnant by 15. And Let's that, adjust for inflation. Yes, we can keep going back to before shoes were invented. Yeah. Like, right. okay, that was then... And now we know what we know, and this is now. Mm-hmm. So going back to your great, 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 great grandfather owned a slave or and or was part of whatever movement agreed. They knew what they knew, and that's all they knew mm-hmm. at the time. And now we're, we know we're here. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, just go back as far as gay marriage. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, nine years ago, people were confused. Most politicians were against it, mm-hmm. and now they're not. Real pearl okay, that, I Should we – if you ask it's, – it's always the dumbest thing we do with the founding fathers. You know, those guys owned slaves, and they didn't uh, – So, but if everyone owned slaves, then they, you were just a person that mm-hmm. was living 
in that time. They all use spittoons, right. too. You rarely see spittoons yeah. these days. It's just a bunch of stuff that everyone did. And they wore, you know, some guys, they were, they were merkins and powdered mm-hmm. wigs. They, yes, it was a society before we had what we yeah, have now. Things have evolved. And by the way, I'm sure there'll be plenty of things that uh, future generations are laughing at uh, about us and whatever rituals we do or technology we have. Okay, understood. Now can we fast forward to the time we're living in and see if we could address whatever problems yeah. exist. Yeah, isn't further any kind of argument or debate to talk about stuff that's literally centuries old. It's just just weird thing. The, where problem, it's like, is, the problem is here and now. The issue is here and now. Whatever yes, that issue is. Whatever that is. Yeah. And oh. in terms of addressing it, I don't know, unless anyone has a time machine, if it does us any good to go back several hundred years and talk about what happened before us. Yeah, and when has that debate ever really answered anything when you say, well, what about your fill-in-the-blank? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't answer the question. I, I don't know. I don't find it productive. It's a simply a way to derail the person and whatever their attempt is for today. And it's neither here nor there. Yeah. It's, uh, hey, uh, yes. Uh, the reason why I brought it up is because I feel like you, oh, you. you, are, like, you are one of the same voices like in this world and i feel like uh sam harris is also one of those voices as well i just feel like you two together would just have like such a great i don't know more better understanding or better way to explain you know you guys explain it so much better than everyone else so i just figured you guys would just be so great together on well i'm i'm sure he would because he he studies it i don't really study the problem i just have uh news and i see what's going on and i and i and i get it but Again, this 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 thing where we never stop like you take like slave ownership. Everybody in the world, I mean all the societies had slaves. Mm-hmm. That's all but your beloved Europe and everywhere else they just had slavery. And we had slaves. We didn't have slaves as long as a lot of these other cultures had slaves. And then at some point we fought a war to get rid of it and we eventually got rid of it. Mm-hmm. So not great because we had slaves, but in the context of the entire free world, so did everybody else. Mm-hmm. So we were just doing what everyone else did. Doesn't doesn't mean it's something you 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 put on your Rotary Club sign as you enter the United <laughs> super States. Super small letters. Welcome to USA. Give me your poor. You're tired. You're super hardworking. But at a competitive wage. At a certain point. We did earlier than a lot of societies. We did decide this wasn't a good thing, and we fought a war, and there was some bloodshed, and we sorted it out, and then we tried to slowly head toward this point where these people were property, and now they're not. And it was a long, it's a long slog, but we made a lot of progress, and okay. Uh, so is the answer slavery bed? Yes. Is the answer is we fought a war to try to end it? Yes. And are there societies that are better? Yes, we did a lot better in a lot of societies. And now let's focus on whatever's down the road would be my suggestion for everybody, micro or macro, when you're trying to get along in this life. Fair enough. That's just me. I'm pragmatic that way. See what you did, Vince. Thank you, Vince. Thank you. All right. I'll tell you. So uh, Leah will bring in in a second. We'll take a break. First, uh, I was just watching the show last night. Very interesting stuff. And I'll play you. We're going to play a tape, thanks to uh, Giovanni, superfan Giovanni, 
long lost uh, <laughs> tape. I should tell uh, Leah this. Um, one thing I forgot is uh, 20 years ago, this tape was done. A little, it was from 97, but it was a little later in 97. So not quite 20 years ago, but it is me and Drew uh, talking about Scientology. Mm-hmm. I remember Line. this as a listener. Like yeah. this is, this is five, six years before I worked for the show. I remember hearing this on the, on the air. The thing that was weird that Live Giovanni five. pointed out to me is that uh, Leah Remini was the guest the next <gasps> night. Really? What? Not this Leah Remini, the old Leah Remini who was <laughs> the queen of queens steeped wow. in yeah. Scientology. So it was a tough transition getting from the guest what we did last night to... <laughs> Coming up tomorrow. <laughs> this will be very interesting indeed. Yeah, so I'll play the tape. We'll talk to Leah. All right. Uh, Fresno Tower Theater. That's coming up February fourth you guys gonna want to come out we'll do a little pre-show signing at the theater at 6 30 because we're hitting the road and driving home uh, afterward who's <laughs> driving august yeah <laughs> record time if you don't count being pulled over or rolling the suv i never counted one of those things uh, i was uh, it was funny i was talking to a guy and he's like you and mike get along pretty good and i was like well first off i'm the world's best passenger because he <laughs> drives like an insane person and i just you know, sit there pontificating about what's wrong with society. Uh, Sac- that's why I drive so fast. <laughs> Sacramento's me doing stand-up. That's February 3rd. That's Thunder Valley Casino. And then we'll figure out some uh, Corolla drinks, uh, signings and tastings. Oh, it's at Capital Beer and Taps Room. That'll yep. be Saturday. Oh, that's at noon. Okay, so that'll be after and before we then head out to yeah, next uh, morning. Fresno. The next morning, yeah. So come on out. Uh, the 24-Hour War. That's on Amazon and Chassis, C-H-A-S-S-Y dot com. I don't know what uh, docs were nominated, but uh, they sitting at 100% on Rotten right. Tomatoes. Highly <laughs> doubt This it. podcaster doesn't think so. <laughs> and uh, Corolla Drinks, say hi to Lynette. She's running the whole show over there and give her a little love and get some deals on some Mangria. I got the red back going there. We'll take a uh, quick break. We'll come back. Leah Ramini in. This week at AdamCarolla.com, take a knee with Adam Carolla and entrepreneur and space traveler, Richard Garriott. So the view is both familiar as well as grand in the sense that you get the grand vista of seeing the whole Earth. You can see the curvature of the Earth, the thickness of the uh, atmosphere, uh, and you're traveling so fast that you go all the way around the Earth in an hour and a half. You see a sunrise or sunset every 45 minutes. You cross entire continents like the United States in 15 minutes. You know, just really the view of both the station itself and the Earth scrolling by below you is just phenomenal. Subscribe to Take a Knee with Adam Carolla for a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation. And get unlimited access to Adam Carolla's archives. Sign up for Podcast One Premium. Use the Podcast One app or click the link at adamcarolla.com. Leah Remini in studio. Good to see you, my dear. You too. Always smile when I think of Leah Remini. That's nice. I was telling everyone before you came on that I just got hold of an old archival tape from Loveline from 1997. Oh, my God. And I remember it well because uh, Drew had said something about Scientology, Mm -hmm. and they didn't like it. And at the time, I lived up Beechwood Canyon, which mm. was just up the street from the Celebrity Center. Right. And I could remember dealing with this 
thinking, well, I'm this rebel late night radio guy. I say whatever I want. And everyone said, don't say anything about Scientology. They will ruin your life. Did they? No. Exactly. And I'll play you this little, (laughs) if you hear a female voice, that's uh, Kennedy. The old, uh, remember the Virgin Kennedy? Yes. MTV. Mm -hmm. MTVJ. Yeah. And Kennedy in suits. Yeah. No more, by the way, with the virginity. Oh, really? Yeah, she has a couple of kids. Finally. Finally. Oh, my mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I'll just play a little clip from uh, – it'll sound a little sped up or a little different because it's 20 years old, but uh, here, here it is. Drew, uh, Drew, according to them, called Scientology a cult, and they sent a long-winded uh, multi-page letter to producer Ann, which I have not read yet, but it goes uh, something like this. Um, he's offended that, we, uh, that Drew called it a cult. He thinks my name is Andrew. And he wants us to apologize. And not only does he want us to apologize over there, he's actually scripted it for us. Here, uh, Drew, you play yourself. Adam, I want to clear the air on something here. You mean you basically screwed up on something and now you're going to fix it, right? Basically, I just received a fax from the vice president of the Church of Scientology Celebrity Center in response to a statement on the air that I made about a week and a half ago. Drew was scared, and, by the way. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, when you were talking about uh, blank, uh, I, don't, I don't know what that blank is. He left a space. I guess he wanted me to improv there. He doesn't <laughs> know me. I work off a teleprompter. This is Greg LeClaire. Uh, w- they were Greg a cult, LeClaire. like Scientology. Oh, I guess you're talking about some other uh, okay, religion. Adam, Andrew, yes, the fact goes like this. Now you can read the whole letter. Oh, that's where you read the entire letter? Yes. Right, but let me bring up one, one minor point, and then we, I swear to God we're taking a phone call, which is, for some reason... People are scared of Scientology a little bit, and I think they expect people to apologize and, and that sort of thing. Uh, here, here's my uh, reply. Greg uh, LeClaire can kiss my ass <laughs> and, uh, and the ass of all my non-Scientologist friends. And so can Tom Cruise. Wow, yeah, that, now that was considered very risky yeah, 20 years ago. It really was. Because they were like, all anyone could tell me is they're going to ruin your life. Right. And I would go, how? And they'd go, don't worry, they'll do it. <laughs> right. And I said, oh, screw these guys, because I thought it was so brazen that they sent a script Correct. for us to read over the air as if it was a conversation. Right. And they expected you to do it. That's a very brazen thing to do. <laughs> I mean, yes. I've dealt with all the groups out there that hate me, and they right. just want an apology, but they don't right. script it. Yes. 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 I so, understand. Was that them having no sort of predators in the wild for so long? Like, you see lions just lay in the middle of the Serengeti, and they're never, they just take a nap. Yeah. Like, they're not looking yeah. over their shoulder because nothing's coming after them, and no one would dare sneak up on them? Correct. Um, and also, you know, this was a different time. You know, today's a different sure. time. Um, information is available. You have ways to um, alert the world. Uh, through Twitter, through Instagram, through Facebook. So I don't think they saw that coming. Um, but their policies demand that they act this way. And the policies of Scientology are unchanging. You're not allowed to change the policy, although David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology, does alter it for uh, certain members um, uh, that, that's in his best interest to do so. Uh, but the, the policy is unchanging. So this will continue, this kind of th- – these bully tactics um, of, of 
trying to destroy people. Well, you were being followed. And I mean, when I was yeah. just watching the show last yeah. night, by the way, Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath. And you can see the entire season on A&E's website. I was just watching on A&E, just on last night. And I was watching a few episodes with my wife. And she loves it. She loves it. I love it, too. Thank you. And, but you land at the airport. You got the yes. guys. You go to the hotel. You got yes. the guys, the detectives sitting around. Right. Um, so this still goes on. Yes. But I kept thinking, do you know anything about membership or income or anything? Has it dropped over the years? Is it going better than ever? Like, what's well, going on? Per, per Scientology, it's the, the fastest uh, growing religion in the world. Right. Uh, per their website. Um, but I'm just saying what they say. Um uh, yes, the the numbers are few. Uh, the numbers have dwindled because, you know, there's there's a certain bridge. You know, there's like a bridge that you're trying to do in Scientology, right? You start from the bottom of this bridge, and then you go have to go up, up, up to the enlightened uh, stages to to the end, which was OT eight. And what was happening were was uh, and is is that people were spending their whole life and their life savings because this cost about three hundred eighty thousand dollars minimum. And it's not something that you, you know, whatever you can pay, you pay. It, they're predetermined prices, and very often you have to pay in advance. So this is um, almost as bad as the groundlings? Uh, yes, uh, uh, slightly. So um, I think I spent more uh, over there and got less. <laughs> but, <laughs> you want to uh, be in the Sunday show? Hmm, should you bring your checkbook, you. sweetie? <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're, you're spending your whole life getting to this, this uh, the highest a uh, spiritual level in Scientology, and I think a lot of people did that and left, and uh, because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. But if you're in something ten, twenty years, that kind of money, that kind of loyalty and dedication, because it's every day. You know, Scientology is every day going in, mm-hmm. uh, two and a half hours a day. You you want to see it out? You're like, well, this can't be it. Well, and the the carrot's always being dangled. Just like, beyond. wait till the yeah. Well, you got to get to the next level. You got to get to the next level, and then the fear of losing your family is always there. And then the big overall stroke is your eternity is at stake. Mankind is at stake. So there's a lot of that from the onset, from the minute that you read Dianetics, which is the first book, um, that the brainwashing begins. The family part is egregious and it's like one of these things that you you don't really fully you have to watch the show but when you when you watch the show you really get the part where the mom wants out but she doesn't want out because she wants to talk to her 23 year old son and he's never going to talk to her again if she gets out and other religions have components of that but not that not 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 as I'll never talk to my kid again. There's right. some shiva sitting every once in a while. Sure. But in general, no. <laughs> oh, but this is this is going after your family. This is really actively going after, and then they create you know hate websites on people who leave and speak out. Um, those are uh, delightful. <laughs> um, and it, it's it's it, it, the reason why I wanted to do the show. I'm, I'm, I created the show because I was sitting back and watching this happen over and over again. People leaving, speaking out, having the bulls. Can I say bulls? Sure. Um, and and I, I saw the this organization um, come after these people with these hate websites, then destroy their families. And I said, okay, I – 
I have to be the person who's going to step in and say they're not lying. So we're not going to continue to bully these people. And if I could stop people uh, from from living in fear, then I'm going to do it. And so that is really why the show came about. Have you had a lot of people contact you since the show came out? I can't even tell you the amount. We can't even keep up. And and the people that are speaking out really are brave. brave. They're brave people because there are repercussions. It's not like, oh, maybe something will happen to you. Like within minutes, there's a hate website. And then they hmm. get the family who's in to do these like kind of like POW videos. Like it, it, it's, it's great. Like it, they're, they're sitting there saying my mother is out for money. My mother's out for fame. She's disgusting. Hmm. We're doing amazing. Like to see your own kid – Talking, it, it, it's got to be hard. I couldn't even imagine it. I couldn't even imagine it. <laughs> we had this funny discussion, which is like, um, so I was sitting around with my wife Lynette last night. And we were watching the show, and I said, "We were watching the uh, mom who had the, I think, twenty-three-year-old son, and Mary you Tanya. know, was not going to speak to him again sure. or whatever it is." And I, I said, "But Lynette, do you think that Sonny?" Mm-hmm. Your boy, could you, you could see Sonny like not talking to you or just disowning you because yeah. of a religious dispute? And she went, no, no, not Sonny. And I said, how about an Italian? And she went, mm, maybe. Maybe. I could see the girl. And, and, that is, and that is part of the problem because, you know, we, we who were in the church, right, we're raising our children – to trust the church mm. first, that L. Ron Hubbard has the answers, Scientology has the answers. So, you know, if you're my son and you're having a problem with drugs or whatever you're going, I'm going to send you to the church. So the message is the church is your mother, the church is your father, the church is everything to you, is your counsel. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't even be a parent after a while. The church would be your parent. So right. in those, go ahead, baby. Oh, no, please, please. No, you probably have a better point. <laughs> no, no, I was just wondering yeah. um, when you talk about being the parent and and sort of bringing your kids into the religion and that sort of thing. Uh, I noticed on one of the episodes that um, one of the women said that uh, abortion was sort of required if you got pregnant or, well, or very much. Great question because I wanted uh, I want to distinguish the difference between people who work there and just average parishioners, right? They're, the 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 people who work there uh, are called Sea Org members, and they sign billion year contracts. You know, they live in dorms, they they live communally, they everything is provided to them by the organization, and so that's what they do all day, all night. Now they they used to allow children, but there was um, uh, abuses going on. It, it was just bad, so they they wrote a policy that there's no more children allowed in the Sea Org. Okay, mm-hmm. so you can have children as a parishioner, but not if you work for the church. Not if you work for the church. Is it? As I was watching it, I was just thinking: Is this one big money grab, or did it start off as a philosophy that turned into a money grab? As so many things sort of start off with a grassrootsy whatever, and then they turn no, into a money grab. Or always, what is it? It was always uh, uh, predetermined. Pri- it was always this is what it costs. Now it just got more and more as time went on, and they you know blamed, of course, you know inflation and right. stuff like that. But it's. Thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it just to do the. So it's just always been a money grab. It's always been money. And always. L. Ron Hubbard was basically a shyster, just want to raise money. Well, well, for him, he was a scientist and he was, um, you know, college educated. He's a war hero. 
Um, he's he's well traveled, well read, um, and and by the way, you know, coming from being raised in Scientology, you you an education outside of Scientology is not uh, looked upon as something that you you know want to do. Um, so your education comes from Scientology. So imagine you know at a young age, you know, learning this mm-hmm. man knows everything. Oh my God, he's a decorated war hero. He's a scientist. He came up with all of this information. Whereas when you get in the free world, you go, oh, this is. Oh, this is out here in the world. Wait a minute. Wait, th- wait. You guys knew about that, and so uh, you're, you're dealing with a lot of that. You're dealing with people who are not really educated, thinking mm-hmm. that this man came up with this stuff. And, and, and by the way, some of it is great. It's very helpful. It's not like not everything's crazy, and that's that's the thing. It starts out very basic things that you can understand. Things that. It, you start to feel smarter because you can read books and you're looking up words in the dictionary. You're self-brainwashing. Really, you're brainwashing yourself, which is what um, we had a cult expert on the show said that you know this is very damaging because it's not just somebody saying it. You're doing it to yourself. You have to read it you every day, day in and day out, and you have to understand it. And you're tested every day of your knowledge of, of the writings. And so it's it's very intense. Did uh, have you had any interactions with the Jenna Elfmans or the Tom Cruises or any of the other Scientologists? First and, of all, you know that they're not allowed to talk to me. I was I, I didn't know that, no, but it makes sense. No, no, it's a rule. If you're declared a suppressive oh, right. person, they're you're not suppressive. allowed to talk. Now, I've been at part. Here's what's funny about some of these people: is they talk a lot of crap like on social media. They never like directly come to me mm-hmm. they never they don't at me so i don't know and i'm blocked by the way so i couldn't even say something back but if i uh, if i see them at parties and i've seen them they literally run out of the room they can't even be in the room with me so they're very mouthy but they won't confront me and uh it's very it's 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 uncomfortable in this business. We're not used to kind of talking crap about each other publicly, right? Um, and so it's a but very no. It's just it's I, I you know coming from me, I have a potty mouth and I'm crude, but I, I really feel it's 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 bad forum to to do because we all are. Uh, you know, divas in our own way. We all have our little things. You know, I want a sesame bagel. I won't. I needs to be this temperature and that. You know what I mean? Like we all have our thing. So we don't actually like out each other in that way. But this is very different because these people are attacking me and attacking others for things they know is true, and that's a problem for me because I know that they know it's true. So it's it's really insane. Have there been other famous people that have jumped ship? Sort of pardon the pun on Scientology. Yeah. I feel like it's. <laughs> Lost momentum and may have lost some of its more famous people. Yes, it they they have lost a lot of people, and and also I think the misconception is that there's a lot of celebrities in Scientology. There isn't. It's just that this is probably the the only cult that actually pushes forward their celebrities. Um, I don't know of other organizations that say, "Please talk about us. Please talk about us. You have to talk about us. Why are you not talking about us? It's your responsibility to get the good works of this out there. You know, right. it should speak for itself." So there's a, a genius appearance. That that Hollywood, you know, it's run by – it isn't. It's a very small percentage if you think about what celebrities are involved in it. Do they um, – you know, I've tried to contact Tom Cruise's people a few years ago when I was making a 
documentary. Well, you're suppressive, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> so you know, I don't know now if you, you know. know this, I, uh, but you'd be considered a suppressive. I as just well wanted true. to interview him for a car racing documentary. <laughs> not going to happen. And I just thought, how much of Scientology, so what I mean is there are guys, um, oh, I don't, I don't know, there are other celebrities that are big name guys out there, the guys, like, I don't know, Alec Baldwin, he's a big celebrity, yeah. but you can talk to him sure. at just about any time you want, because yeah. just sort of there, there's yeah. lots of, God, but Cruz isn't there, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's Scientology or his publicist or sort of he ever, scared he's always going to get asked a question about Scientology and jump on a sofa yeah. or something. And also they really protect him. They really keep him sequestered. They really, really uh, keep his world very tight um, and surrounded by Scientologists. Um I don't know why, um, but you know he's their biggest draw. And I, my feeling is, is in terms of publicists, publicists sort of look at it as a risk reward thing. Sure. And I think they think, well, if I let him go talk about racing with Paul Newman in the mid eighties, there's not much reward there. Right. But if he goes off on a tangent about psychology and, 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 psychotropic uh, drugs, psychotropic yeah. drugs and uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors and things like that, we could get, there could be some downside here, sure. so let's just play it safe and not let him leave the house. Right, exactly. I, I honestly, I think they really, really keep him uh, protected. And Scientology, and in a, in a way, is that more Scientology than it is his publicist or his publicist working in concert with Scientology? Absolutely, absolutely. Everybody's kind of indoctrinated into his team on how it's going to work with Scientology. It is, it is all about Scientology. I, uh, you know, it's funny because I used to say when people would make fun of Scientology, I just go, well, I guess if it's working for people, it's sure. working for people. Like, people seem to be drug free and sure. have good careers and sure. a lot of energy and a lot of passion and all that. I never knew about the money grab right. part. I didn't know how much money they were extracting right. from people. But also, it's not really about a belief system. And then this is the famous line, and I've used it, you know, calling people bigots. Um, this really isn't about a belief system. It's about uh, your belief system that actually is damaging and is a lie. Um, and it's it's stealing people's lives. It's hurting people. It's it's uh, There's physical abuse. These are the stories that we've covered on the show, uh, stories that I've heard behind the scenes that are just atrocious. And so I really don't want to say I, I'm I'm attacking someone's good beliefs. When did you get the first inkling and then how long before you made your move? Like you must have had a thought run through your that head was my question. at well, some point. It's not like one thought. You know, it's like I, I wrote it, you know, I, I'm not trying to plug the book, but I will. You know, the, my real, my whole story is in my book, right? Mm-hmm. But because it's not just one Surviving. thing. Is it is it troublemaker? Yes. Yes. It's surviving not, Hollywood and Scientology. It's not just about one thing. I don't think in a in a relationship, in a bad relationship, or anything that uh, you're in, most occult. You know, it, it happens over time, and it could be the littlest thing. It's like, oh, so you didn't leave when he cracked you in your mouth, mm-hmm. but you left when he didn't bring home milk. It's it's when it happens, it happens for the person. It wasn't one thing. It was over and over again seeing behavior that actually wasn't in line with the policy. Now, if you know me, I'm very by-the-book person. 
like if I if I have a recipe, if I'm making something, I, I follow it exactly, and that's why I don't want anybody's help. I go, I do it exactly. I don't do pinches. I don't do like I want exactly do it exactly like this. I lay out everything out. I want it all nice and clean. So I was that kind of Scientologist by the book. By the book, we do exactly what he says. Exactly how it's written here, and I would challenge other members going, no, 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 you follow the book. You're not following the book. Here's the policy. I would know policy on the t- – I, I was that kind of Scientologist. So I was seeing behavior that was not going with the policy. So, mm-hmm. And I kept saying, wait a minute. We have to follow this policy. It wouldn't matter if it's Tom Cruise. It wouldn't matter if it's a janitor of the church. We need to follow the policy across the boards like that. There should never be an exception. If we do it like this, we do it like this. Then, you know, the the the, the leader's wife was missing. I couldn't get answers. I was told I didn't have the effing rank to to ask questions about a human being. Then there was senior. That's, Ma- that's Miss Graves' wife. Miscavige. Uh, Miscavige. Sorry. And there was a, yeah. uh, the wedding of was yes. it Tom Cruise's wedding. Yes, and I was seeing you know the senior executive strata of the church was there. I was seeing behavior that again. <laughs> didn't coincide with what I the teachings and I was like okay this is weird and then I was getting attacked for asking questions I was getting attacked I was getting interrogated and then it became about what evil intentions I had towards Tom what evil I mean this is on a meter like a, on a lie detector you know banging the desk what what evil intentions do you have towards time what evil intentions do you have towards David Miscavige what you know what are your crimes what are your crimes and it was it was was this after the wedding yes because I so was saying during the wedding was <laughs> cake the ceremony, cake ceremony yeah. worst toast yeah ever. after yeah the, I didn't have cake <laughs> they pulled me into a room in the castle well tell um, that story because yes, I yeah. do know the story because I remember seeing it, yes. but uh, and hearing you tell it, but uh, some people listening right now might not be familiar with it. Well, the Tom well, it, Cruise it, it, it wedding start, story. It started with uh, me uh, inviting Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony to to the wedding on behalf of, of Tom and Katie, um, and they were trying to uh, take them away from me, which I I thought was odd. You know, at every turn, it was Leah, come over here. You know, and I'm I'm with my friends. You know, she didn't really know anybody. I mean, she did know everybody there, but you know, we were together. We're friends. Right. We're gonna, Where was the and, wedding? In Italy mm-hmm. and uh, in Rome, and uh, it, it was just becoming weird. I was seeing behavior, like I said, from senior executives of the church that I thought uh, were, was out of line with our policy, mm. and then I started to get accused of, of being out of line. And then I asked where Shelley was, and everybody scattered. I thought that was weird. The wife. The wife of the leader right. uh, who was there with his, with his assistant. And uh, I thought they were a little too comfortable. And then I got accused of, of, of doing things myself. And I was like, so even if I did cheat, I mean, that doesn't make it untrue. I mean, you can, is even, okay, I'm a cheater. That, now what? Where's Shelly? You know, right. that, I just kept saying that. Okay, great. I did it. Yeah, I had sex with somebody in the bathroom. Okay, now what? Um, so it, it was getting crazier and crazier for me. And then I was sending reports back to my friend who was a Scientologist in L.A. going, you need to send this to the Watchdog Committee, which is supposed to be over David Miscavige. Um, little did I know, they're over there snickering going, there is no Watchdog Committee. You know. So when I got back from the wedding, I went into Celebrity Center. And uh, I was interrogated. What are my crimes? Why are you accusing people of doing things? What are your crimes? What are you hiding? What are you doing? And so that continued. Um, it stopped for a little while, for a couple of years. I then started to see senior executives leaving, and I started looking on the internet. 
I was punished for that. And after five or six of the same stories, I said I had enough. This is you're not going to keep answering me with interrogations at my expense, by the way. Right. Uh, they called in my whole family, interrogated them, uh, asked them what their crimes were, and uh, we just collectively couldn't take that. Any- I couldn't just. Do you have to go. Couldn't no. collectively mm-hmm. take this anymore. Um, it, it, it. I couldn't justify being there, staying there. And I was desperately trying to. I didn't want to leave. Like when I say that in the show, it's true. I didn't want – I was like, please tell me this is – please tell me you're not hurting – please tell me you're not destroying families because in my mind, a person who was labeled an enemy was this bad, evil person who didn't want me to do well in my – I never imagined it to be my mother or myself. Did you the the whole Katie Holmes thing? It feels like she just got sucked into this world and probably freaked out. You know, at at a time, listen, at a time, Katie was. I was like, Katie is on my radar. Like I was like, she wrote a report on me, an internal report on me. I got a stack of of reports like this. Like everybody at the wedding wrote a report on me. That wow. I destroyed the wedding, that I was a bad example of Scientology, that I was running around being dry. like it just carried like I had so many reports. So when I got back from the wedding, I got sent to Florida to the Mecca, to the hub, where this is where I was being interrogated at first, and then sent back to to LA for like kind of reprogramming. Um, so it, yes, she, I was I was after her because she was. Attacking me, and I was like, "Okay, I don't care who you are. You're you're new to this organization. I got some years on you, kid." Since and, you were nine, uh, right? It, yeah. So I'm like, "I'm. We're not gonna. Okay, I get that you're married to Tom, but in my eyes, I'm a better Scientologist than Tom. So we're not. We're, like, I don't give a crap about that. So, um, and we're all we all are supposed to be equal, right? Mm. So, um, I wasn't seeing that to be true. Um, but then I had no. It, it's so funny because I turned so fast as soon as. She did what she did and left the way she did. I was like, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea the pressure she was under. I had no idea that she was aware of what was really going on. I had no idea that she was trying to save her daughter. And so I went from like, oh, we're not in that camp too. I will support her 100%. Have now, we spoken? haven't spoken to each other, and I'm going to tell you about that. When you uh, leave, you can leave quietly, but if you speak out or make any kind of statement against a senior Scientologist, which, which Tom is a senior Scientologist, he's single-handedly saving the planet. Um, that is a truth. I'm not trying to be funny. Um, that is what we're told. That is what right. we're told. Um, so if you say anything about him or do something like what Katie did, which was take her daughter and save her daughter's life, um, she's considered an enemy. By right. that action, because it says something about Tom. So um, she very often. I don't know that this is true because we haven't spoken. Very often, they have to make a deal that you're not allowed to speak to any ex Scientologist. And I would have taken that deal too if my child's life was in, mm. was was at stake. And I believe that's what happened. I don't know that that's what happened, but I don't. I haven't reached out to her out of respect because I believe that is the deal. Right, because she is. A mother first, Correct. Scientologist second, third, or fourth, right. and you'd put her in a vulnerable position, Correct. perhaps. Correct, and by, I wouldn't want to do that. that, and I wouldn't want to do that. You know, it's funny. You, you're you're the same sort of righteous energy you have 
when you're inside Scientology yes. for people not doing it right and getting screwed and, right. and not being good Scientologists, I feel that energy come across to now your new crusade, right. which is righting these wrongs of Scientology. But it's yeah. the same person. It's like the same energy, like yeah. this, you hate injustice or I unfairness do. or whatever it is. And I can feel that when you watch the show that sort of pushing, bubbling to the surface with yes. you. And so you're not a person that could, a lot of people can get involved with an organization, get to, to, to a comfortable level with the organization, see how people under them are being treated and sure. sort of turn a blind eye to it. That's well, what a lot of our society does with a lot of things. Yes. But you had that little sort of social justice warrior thing going on inside you, right. which is commendable. Thank it's you. a difficult life. It is. But it's commendable, <laughs> and you just couldn't turn your back on it inside right. or outside. Right. And I, I attributed that to Scientology, right? Because as a very, at a very young age, you're taught that. Like, we're, we're fighting the world. You know, we're saving the world, but we're fighting the world. And that made me feel important as a child because I didn't want to just be a child. You know, what child wants to just be a child? You know, they're always kind of trying to exercise their independence and be their own person. But for me, I always wanted to be more. You know, we grew up poor. I wanted to be more than that. I wanted to mean something to people. I didn't just want to make people laugh. I People who know me know if you needed me, I was always there. I love to help people. It doesn't matter. I, it doesn't matter if it's decorate my apartment. I'm there. I'll do it. You need me to get clothes for you, I'll do it. I love it. You need me to help you with your ma- – I'm doing it. I'll, be, I'll get up at 2, 3 in the morning. It doesn't matter. I just love to do that kind of stuff. And, uh, I, and, and by the way, I'm, I hope – I'm not saying I'm mother ter- in any way, shape, or form because it's self-serving. I love to help because it makes me feel good about myself. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing something um, important. So that offered that. And I used to think that it – I used to attribute it only to Scientology and people on social media and uh, – uh, which is my connection to to people who are supportive of us, have r- reminded me, like, that was always in you, Leah, that, that had nothing to do with Scientology, you know, bless them, because I really believed that. I really believed it came from them, and once I left them, I wasn't doing anything worthwhile. It was a big loss yeah. for me. To... What was your identity? Exactly, exactly. And it's hard to leave something in an everyday I know exactly where I'm going. We all speak the same nomenclature. We know we all have speak in Scientologies. We all know exactly what we're doing every day. We're just helping clear the planet. We're helping to promote and defend Scientology. That's what we're doing all day, all night. So it gives you kind of that mission. Um, But I've always been that person. And so I I really, uh, it's been an eye-opening experience. But when I was in, I thought everybody thought that. Everybody felt that way. And I would say to my friends, 25, 35 years, friends, I'm the godmother to their kid, their, their family to me, I would say, we have to stand up for our own technology, and nobody wanted to do it. Everybody would say, look, I don't want a problem. I don't want to have a problem in my church. You know, if I get involved with you and this crusade of, of uh, looking into abuses, physical, sexual, mental, uh, where Shelly Miscavige is, then I'm going to have a thing. That, is and she I, still, she's still just missing, or what's the deal? I don't know. I, I spent thousands of dollars. I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird. I filed filed a a police report. Um, Then I called the detective to follow up on. uh, And then I, by the way, I had given a letter. I had written a letter to Shelly. And I said, here's the thing. This is what I need you to understand when going into this type of thing. 
you can't just roll up. You know, you there's a guard gate. That, you know, you're on private property. Uh, you have to extract her. You're dealing with somebody who believes, if you find her, who believes she deserves her punishment. She deserves being held in captivity. She might not even know that she's being held. You know, you're dealing with somebody. So I gave him a note that said, Shelly, I haven't heard from you. I'm worried about you. Here's the, my number. Leave with this man. Call me right now. What's going on in there is horrible, and you know it. I will take care of you, whatever I said. Leave, but leave with this man now. Okay, never gave the note, as far as I know. Um, and then when I called to say, okay, did you find her? They said, that's classified. Who said that's classified? The detective. Oh, now, wow. here's what's even sicker. The detective that was supposedly in charge of this case, um, is, is, you can Google this, okay? He is pictured at speaking at the Celebrity Center on human trafficking. Wow. Yes. Yes. Okay. So he tells me it's classified. I go, are you sick? I mean, are you sick? Is this something? Are you on your way to retirement? Like, I don't get this This whole – your response to me. He's like, I, okay, as far as I know, this is what I can tell you. She's fine. Did you see her? I said, did you see her with your own eyes? That's what I'm asking you. Did a representative see her? I cannot tell you that. When you say – did. He see her. Mm. Is that within the celebrity center no. or on his supposedly private? where she is is up uh, in either Riverside County mm. at the at the <laughs> at the base. Like a, a, it's called. I think it's called Gold Base. Well, um, it was funny too. You you got a letter saying it's not Hammett. It's yeah, not I'm Hammett. not saying Hammett. Don't Arrowhead. Say I don't know exactly where it is. Okay, <laughs> but but the thing is, I don't actually know that she's okay. I don't actually know that they saw her. Now, the um, the classification that these things are given are uh, – one of them is like it's unfounded, meaning that she was either found or that a representative said that she's okay and doesn't want to be found. So, the, of course, Scientology uses that unfounded uh, classification as that it literally was an unfounded – that I filed a purposely uh, – purposeful, uh, misinformed, knowing that she was alive and she was well. So they, they use that now on my, my hate website that I um, filed a, a fraudulent missing persons report. Now, I then had to retain a lawyer because nobody – by the way, were, I, I found this out um, – you have to pay people to help. Um, I had to. I had to hire a lawyer to request the documents. We want to see the documents that say we want to say we want to know who saw her, what officer, what was her condition. We had, and it, this is all on a Tony Ortega's site, the underground bunker. Um, and you can see that I'm, I'm questioning. I'm saying, okay, that's fine. You're saying you found her alive. Now give us the specifics. They said we need uh, two weeks. Okay, great. We gave him the two weeks, and now my only choice now is to go after them full on, to, to actually get an answer. What was your relationship with her? Well, Shelley was a senior executive. She was uh, David Miscavige's assistant. Mm -hmm. um, that was her official uh, title in church. She was with David Miscavige everywhere he went, um, and throughout the years, we became friendly, which is not usual in the church. Senior executives don't usually... Um, socialize with um, parishioners, but you know sometimes we break the rules for celebrities. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know, I got her ready I, I, for for one of the galas at Celebrity Center. Cards back and forth, Christmas cards, Christmas, Christmas presents. She's a th writes thank you notes all the time, and then all of a sudden nothing. All of a sudden nothing. 
And so uh, that is did cause me concern that I couldn't even get a letter to her um, and get a response. So, um, yeah. I would hope that somebody would care enough about me. I mean, if somebody shows up to my house and my husband said she's fine, I said to my mother, you know, check the freezer. I mean, barge in, Ma. Don't take his word for it. I'll be killed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking, uh, I'll I'll tease something. But I know uh, your mother, I don't know if she's still with us or not, but was uh, into the church. Everyone Mm -hmm. was in the church. You got your whole – there's your whole family. Mm -hmm. We're always talking about everyone else's family Mm -hmm. being separated. And sort of uh, ostracized and whatever else. I just want to know how this has touched you personally in terms of your own immediate well, family. My, Don't answer. Don't uh, answer. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm teasing it. Oh. I'm teasing. We got a couple of Facebook questions. I think uh, Gina's going to ask mm-hmm. as well. What about uh, your husband? What yeah. about family, parents? That all that stuff. Well, I was lucky because my whole family left with me. Uh, but when we were on our way out, and we wouldn't disconnect from each other, my brother-in-law, his sister said, "You're going to divorce Leah's sister, right? Like, just as a matter of fact, it's expected that you would divorce your husband or wife, or that you would just shun your own children, your own family." Um, but I was lucky, very lucky, and so I don't. I try not to. To put my story in here um, because it, I am really lucky. I'm not. So you guys uh, were on the same page and and did it with unity. Correct. Which is which is not usual. No, it's yeah. well at least the stories I've seen on your show. It seems yes. like somebody's going and then the husband has to pretend like he's going to get divorced or get right. divorced. And right. the, the kid I was watching last night, the twenty uh, three year old. I never figured out whether he reconnected or didn't reconnect. Or, no, he didn't. And he did a video instead of, against his mother oh. and his oh, father. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Claiming that his mother uh, wanted to uh, – she's doing this for fame and to make a name for herself. She and didn't strike me as that kind of person, but <laughs> – what, what kind of name is she – it's so stupid. I, I, I can't even – it's just – it's sad. It's sad to watch that. I mean I, I imagine if my daughter uh, – it would just be so heartbreaking. It, 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 when it's your child, it's very – it's horrible. So I um, – no, I'm very lucky. My family is very lucky. We have each other. Um, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. Uh, Gina, do you have a – O'Brien, I have yes. a quick question. Yeah. You, were, you, you were in the church more or less since the age of nine-ish. Mm-hmm. That that strikes me as odd. How many celebrities in the, the church Scientology were be, were in it before they became famous versus how many were recruited once they were famous? You know what I mean? What percentage? It seems like a very small percentage. Well, a lot. Well, first of all, there's a very tiny percentage of celebrities. In, sure, in sure. But of those people. Uh, usually brought in by family. I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, it, that's the thing. You're talking about second, third generation Scientologists. You're not talking about new members. Yeah. You're not seeing a whole lot of new big name celebrities running into Scientology, and it does take some time, you know, because in the beginning it's very um, helpful. You get tools how to deal with everyday life. Sure. You, there's communication drills you can do. There's just little these little therapies you can do that don't cost a lot of money. So that's kind of the hook. And then um, as time goes on, I mean, it could take ten, twenty years before you realize this is not what I thought it would be. And so that that's why I, I want to step in and, and hope to save people from uh, giving away their lives to something that is definitely a lie. 
Jeannie got a Facebook question there. I do. We were talking about your family, Mm -hmm. and this is a question from Timothy Ryan. He says, does Leah fear for the safety of her family because you're so outspoken? Um, I don't. No, I don't. I think because we do have this um, stage that we're somewhat protected in that way. I do fear for people who don't. Um, and so the good news is, again, we have social media now where people can speak out, where people can contact um, their local news. They can probably get on. Um, that's the good news. And so that that's, I think, um, kind of saving uh, anything, <laughs> any true damage that, that could be done. Well, there's a sort of safety in numbers thing. Correct. And there's also safety in communication where – I don't know. We were talking at the top of the show about like gay marriage and how insane that sounded to everybody a relatively short period of time ago. And then the more people come Mm -hmm. out, the more politicians and the more whatever. And then it just becomes uh, becomes a non-issue. And then the fear factor probably goes away because it's less of the that's insane. And and I think that's more like I go to I work with two dudes who are married Mm -hmm. and it becomes commonplace. And I feel sort of with Scientology, it's like, again, Look, I don't throw the word hero around lightly, lightly, but 20 years ago, when this podcaster was speaking out <laughs> against it, it was Huge. a big deal. People Listen, were freaked out. Like, I, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to screw your life up. I don't disagree. I think it was uh, very courageous of you to do so. It's kind of stupid, I think, more <laughs> no, courageous. No, I think it was courageous. You had, a, you, you, you had an opinion about it, and you were willing to speak about it. And I wish more people, even 20 years later... Uh, felt the same way. Uh, people, like I said, these are everyday people on my social media. The world at large knows that this is a very dangerous cult. Um, and so I have that support. But I think more people in the public eye need to come forward, need to not make it about me. When I see headlines that say, you know, Leah Remini alleges, I don't allege anything, okay? I'm saying it. I'm saying it. So right. I'm not alleging anything. And it's not, you know, anti-scientology. I'm not anti-anything. I'm anti-abuse. I'm anti-bullying. I'm anti-bigotry. I'm, I'm anti-racism. So uh, I... I that's what I stand for, and and so should news organizations. They should have an opinion about it and not be um, using me as the thing to put the headline out. Do you think that they've lost their grip and this thing's heading down the other side of the mountain and I may so. not be anything close to what it was 10 years from now? Well, that's already happened, I believe. That's already happened. What I want to have happen now is I want... Um, the abuses to be known. I want um, some some legal action to seems to like happen. Uh, there could be a class action lawsuit. Agreed. Here. Is that something uh, that's in the works? Uh, I would love that. I would love it. Mark I mean, Garagas is going to be sitting yeah. where you're sitting in, a, in about 23 hours. That, maybe, listen, uh, yeah, he shows away for publicity, him. Adam. I don't know. <laughs> well, if he's, well, listen, he's a wallflower. <laughs> I think we can get him out of his shell. Uh, yeah, no. So some good people need to stand up. And they need to to help out. They need to see this for what it is, 
and uh, hear the stories that we've been telling. And there's stories – stories have been told before us. I mean I'm not the first one to do it. Um, but you know, this guy's over here telling the story over here. This girl's telling the story over here. And so people are not – don't really know what to seek out. Um, but there's story, a story after story of child abuse, sexual abuse. It, somebody has to – I'm not smart enough to, to, <laughs> to know what avenue I can go down that I could actually win some. Well, Gary, uh, remind me because I will will ask Garagus about this. He handles – class action stuff and this kind of stuff and stuff that seems a little bit exotic mm-hmm. but it seems to me you know, at least have an opinion on with it. the abuse and all the real estate holdings the billions oh, of he's dollars, dollars of real estate deep holdings uh, <laughs> and they got a cruise liner I mean it, I just feel like this it, this is not a bizarre hypothetical uh, well and that's the thing too which I think uh, I'm very happy to see happen is I think immediately uh, people hear the word and they go that's some crazy cult <laughs> Zenu jumping on the couch gl- you know calling Matt Lauer glib okay ha 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 but really uh, what what I'm pleased to see and sad and to have to, to experience is people are now seeing no 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 this is actually hurtful this is actually damaging so it went from people you know um kind of just seeing it as a joke and being flippant about it to, oh, this is real pain. No, no, no. This is real fraud. This is real. People are being hurt. Families are being hurt. People are being hurt. Well, you just think um, about the income for your average family and then the, you know, well into six figures uh-huh. over the course of time. The overhead. I mean, that is just an, an immense burden. And it says a lot about the people. I mean, I know Scientologists are good people. They really are there because they believe they're doing good things. These are not evil people. Um, these are people who live, you know, below their means to pay for Scientology. That's all they live for. You know, they live to pay for Scientology. And they want to help. They think all these sacrifices they're making are is helping mankind. Um, and and the, it saddens me. It just really saddens me. Well, I ask, go ahead, Jim. Um, well, I, a lot of people, obviously, in this town live in or around Hollywood. I lived for 13 years and right next to the Celebrity Center. And you see people sort of milling around yes. and, in uniforms and going about their life. And then you hear, you know, the, a, a lot of, I assume, I, what I've heard is a lot of them are sort of uh, doing a lot of uh, manual labor yes. and that sort of thing. Does the individual on that level think they're going to ascend to a different quality of life and do they ever? Well, you're talking about the sea organization Correct. who live there. Right, so yes. they, they, they The dorm style Yes, living. yes. They, they, they believe that they're helping to deliver the answers to saving mankind. But so their, their own, their personal quality of life uh, beyond cleaning or the no. labor they're doing. But no, that is part of like what, Oh. No, no, no. Like that's part of what their, their contribution is that. Oh, wow. Um, but whatever they're asked to do, they will do. It's, it, there's no, I don't want to do that right. or why am I cleaning toilets? They're pledges. It's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it's, it's, I, was, I was one of those people. Right. I joined the Sea Org when I was a young person and that's what I did. I cleaned hotel rooms all day and all night. Wow. Um, and that was my contribution to saving mankind. Like I was cleaning the rooms for the rich, you know, Scientologists to come into the hotel, and I was, they were helping the machine of, you know, getting Elron Hubbard's works out in the world and delivering Scientology to people. So I was contributing. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, it's the the stuff is uh, riveting, and for. Somebody who doesn't watch a lot of TV with my wife because she's watching this show over here and I'm in the next room watching that show. This was yeah. uh, right down the middle. 
Uh, now, no, is your stuff doing sports and her stuff like Housewives? Or? More, she's Housewives of Atlanta. He's Housewives of Orange County. Right. Got it. I you see know. the divide. Yeah. I see the divide already. Right. I see n- it's n- a no need thing. to. Very tension totally film. Yeah, I'm a yeah. Kim Richards fan. <laughs> I got it. Uh, That's Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, okay. That was a test you all fans. Yeah. 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 Miserably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, are we talking about a season two, by the way? Yeah, well, I, I, it's funny. I didn't really want it to do a season two. <laughs> it like, wow, I wake up. This is fun. Uh, uh, we're, we're talking about it. I, again, I, I want to go into this uh, for the right reasons. I want to do it service. If I can't achieve the goal of really helping people and really doing something about it, then I am not that interested in doing it. But if we can uh, find a way to really make some change, then I'm totally down. Yeah. Well, it does seem taxing on you emotionally. It is. Because you have to go watch these adult women cry about not seeing their adult age mm-hmm. sons. And it's just like, it's just heartbreaking. But, uh, it is. But it is. You're in the middle of this environment yes. and you can't really divorce yourself from it right and people don't really realize even if you're just hosting so mm-hmm. to speak you're still right in the middle of this yes. horrible vibe mm-hmm. and, it's, and hearing and these horrible yeah. stories yeah. I, I used to do what I, I used to bust bad contractors i'd be standing in someone's kitchen and the chick i'd see the kids toys like yeah. piled up in the corner and like we've all been sleeping in the same bedroom and she has to wash dishes with the hose in the backyard right. and i'd start getting really bummed right, out right. just because these poor people are living this way exactly. and it wasn't even never seeing your kid again it was just right. we have to cook uh, using a hibachi in the backyard <laughs> right. and i'd be like god that sucks yeah. but you start ingesting this you're in it and you start getting depressed yes because you're in their environment yes and if you know some people can see that and see things and and just kind of turn turn away or not feel anything like oh that sucks for that person i just i have never been that person it's hard when you're sitting in their house and they're showing you pictures of their kids and you have to live it Mm -hmm. and i also know it's true because i know the policies Right. right but i just never knew that they were talking about people like me or people like Mary Kahn or Mike Rinder, you know, you never, you think literally it's like the devil. You picture the devil, you know, that kind of person would be the the person you would disconnect from, not your own child. Um, so, yeah, it's heartbreaking to to hear stories over and over again. It's not stories that I, I knew about, you know, because I wasn't in the Sea Org for very long. And, you know, we're hearing from people who were in the Sea Org as children. And that's a whole other layer of disgust and pain and it's 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 something so vile i can't i don't i, I haven't because slept we're, we're well crossing since. into sexual abuse <laughs> yes, and things of that yeah, physical nature. abuse and just of it's, children and it's stuff that i never like couldn't have imagined really couldn't have imagined at, at first i was like there's layers of a fraud because you you have these confidential levels and people don't know what they are until mm-hmm. they're in it too late and this is not even true it's different from you know a bible you open a bible you see what the you know you know it does cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and if you choose to not believe it they're not going to come after you which is very different this is a very different thing uh brian yeah. sorry i have a quick One question more. I, I, yeah. I assume you saw the uh alex gibney's documentary mm, yes uh, going clear yes did, did was it influential did it help you or, or do you identify with it or what are your thoughts I'm well curious. what i loved about uh going clear was that it was factual it was not emotional you know again like usually people who are talking about scientology are talking about 
the unbelievability of it. Okay. You know, the Xenu and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, why would you stay after hearing about these body things, you know, about the body thing and stuff like that, you know, because you think maybe it's, you know, something better is coming. So you usually shy away from people who are making fun of mm-hmm. it. But now what Alex Gibney did and Lawrence Wright did was they just laid out the facts. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was impressed by it. I was moved by it for the first time. Somebody wasn't actually making fun of it overtly. I mean, there were moments mm-hmm. where they were, you know. <laughs> they let certain moments um, sink in. Yes. But uh, I I was shocked at the the accuracy of what they wrote and, and what they ended up filming from, from Lawrence uh, Wright's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was – and they cleared the path and HBO cleared the path for us to do something like this, uh, which is an everyday – you know. It's never been done, um, so I do applaud you know those before us who were courageous enough to clear You're the path for people like me. <laughs> no, and and by the way, I did not even to be like it's tr- really because <laughs> what nobody, you've done. You fished listen, for that. Listen, here's but because you're right. Not a whole lot of people were doing that. Well, the threat of having your life ruined. It did, yeah, probably prevent certain people from yeah. making feature films. It, it's weird because I'd rather just go, you're going to get punched in the face, <laughs> but they just go, ruined. Yeah. Your yeah. life right. will and be so ruined. And so you never know yeah. Yeah, what's know, happening. What does that mean? Right, right. And I'm always, I remember thinking, i got to drive home tonight at midnight past the Celebrity Center, sure. past going down Franklin and turn up Beachwood and right. go home. And I just thought, you could walk to my house from the Celebrity Center if you wanted, just go camp out. Or, right. or key my car, or do whatever. But you have, but you do have, whatever it was. But you, but you. Uh, Drew was a pussy. Sorry. Drew didn't want to do it. <laughs> oh, he by did. The way. Oh no, he's a wuss. And then I, then he read the letter. So they basically were like, "Good, we got him to say what we wanted him to say." I mm. don't know, but it was at that point that we never heard from them again. And oh I, yeah, I no, re- they they probably have it and they air it. <laughs> oh, all right, it's you within their. You're a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. Look at this one. He's well, recanted. Do you, right. For me, for uh, my new show, uh, we're going to do a little Q&A segment. So if you have any questions, any DIY stuff, any stuff about your home renovation, stuff you're working on, questions, whatever, big or small, I might answer it. So uh, I can promise you I'll answer it. I'll probably make fun of you, mm-hmm. but I will give you a legitimate answer and a solution. And you can send those questions to uh, CorollaQuestions at gmail.com. Come out. Be part of the audience. Be part of the new show. Coming up in about a month, maybe four and a half, five weeks. Uh, the show, Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath, is available season one, the entire season, on Amy's website. Uh, website is a e tv.com leah's twitter is uh, at leah remini uh leah anything else we're missing no i just want to thank you thank I you for thank having you. me and thank you to all who are listening and supporting us and it's really we really appreciate it well i i don't think we can turn back or unring this bell i think it's just out now mm-hmm. and it'll keep getting out and i think that's the real importance of social media for all yes. the bad we talk about and all the bullying and yeah. all the name calling all the whatever but the reality is, is you can't hide the truth yeah. anymore right. because everyone is connected right. this way so thank you. thank you and until next time this is adam crowford leo ramini gina grad and bald brian saying mahalo my crotch is on fire <laughs> Follow the Adam Carolla Show on Twitter at Adam Carolla Show. Follow Ace on Twitter 
at Adam Corolla. Gina Grad is on Andy and Gina in the morning. That's 5.30 to 9.30. In the AM, friends, on Los Angeles Radio, 100.3 The Sound. For tickets and info on all things Adam Corolla, from tickets to the podcast, to books, to movies, Mangria, Endless Rant, IPA, and more, go to adamcarolla.com. 